Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, lovelies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here. This is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. This is episode 69. Today, I'm talking about intermittent fasting. Now, before I dive too far into the subject, I'm going to take a pause to hear from our sponsor. Hey guys, you know I love great products, especially clean, ethical, high-performing products. Have you heard of Rosebud Woman? A female-led, family-run company that creates intimate care products for all stages of a woman's life. Think gorgeous products for delicate vulvar and vaginal skin. Using the purest plant-based organic ingredients, Rosebud Woman makes moisturizers, soothing balms, lotions, oils, and more for sensual self-care. In case you aren't sure where to start, I personally adore the Honor Everyday Balm for Delicate Vulvar Skin. It's nourishing, dryness and irritation solution without hormones, which means you can use it any time. Available online at rosewoman.com, that's rosewoman.com, or at spas and luxury retailers nationwide. Use the code DRLOVELY for 10% off your order. It's case-sensitive, guys, so it's capital D, capital L, exclusively for my podcast listeners. I think it's high time for a podcast on intermittent fasting. It's not new. It's been around for quite a while, but man, is it, is it, uh, is it a trend that we're talking about a lot in the office these days? And so, you know... You guys know me, I needed to do it as an experiment on myself to, so that I could share with you authentically about this. So I could have easily called this episode, Can I Intermittent Fast Myself to uh, Stronger Libido and More Vaginal Secretions? Because this is what I was hearing from my patients who were doing fasting, is that they had a huge uptick in their libido and uh, um, more secretions. And so I thought, well, this is really interesting. What is what is the mechanism behind this? What is the science behind this? So, um, you know, this information came to me at a time where I was hearing about it enough at a time where I was feeling quite sluggish, uh, probably part of the COVID-15, teehee, <laughs> My pants were tight. My brain wasn't working as well as I would like. So it was time for something to change. So actually, the timing was really good. And now I'm about six weeks in at this point, And pretty fast, I felt clear-headed. I was more energetic. I had this sort of old, nagging hip injury pain thing that just went away. Like, it's just gone. So, which has been my constant companion for like 20 years. Crazy obviously a problem of inflammation. I was sleeping better. I am sleeping better. My clothes were fitting better. And uh, I also experienced the uptick of libido and lubrication. And hey, that's a good day for anybody, right? So um, 
it was uh, another thing that I noticed, and I've had some patients tell me too, is that uh, shortened my menstrual cycle length, uh, like my actual bleed length, and I had less flow. So I'm not someone that has a lot of cramps, but the ladies who were crampy were telling me that they were having way less cramps. So, uh, which sort of feeds the the idea that cramping comes from inflammation. Because that's primarily what fasting does, is it reduces inflammation. So intermittent fasting profoundly impacts the inflammatory cascades in the body. It, it helps with brain function, digestion, mood, sleep, aging, mental clarity, energy, libido, menstrual cycle, length and cramping, and healthy vaginal secretions. So I'm going to break that all down for you here in a moment, but I thought I'd kind of give you the laundry list of why you should be paying attention to this because truthfully, sisters, the stuff I listed there is the the symptoms, the primary symptoms of perimenopause. So I'm always looking for what can we do as women in perimenopause to help with, um, um, to sort of mediate these 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 things that accompany us in these perimenopausal years. So here we are, intermittent fasting, new tool in the two belt. Okay, so intermittent fasting is also called time-restricted feeding, or TRF, and it means you have an eating window daily. Now listen, there are advanced forms of fasting that can go on for uh, 24 hours or more. They need to be done properly. So please, if you're going to try that, um, Make sure you, you you do some research or perhaps have a practitioner working with you. That's not really what I'm talking about here, although it's the same benefits, okay? I'm talking about you have an eating window every day and uh, you fast when you're not um, when you're not in that eating window. So a common eating window to start would be like eight hours where you can eat and 16 hours where you don't eat anything. But you can start on as little as a 12-12, meaning 12 hours you're fasting, 12 hours you're eating. And, you know, I started there because I, um, you guys know I've had a stressful year, so I, I just, I wanted to set myself up for success. I didn't want it to feel like a diet. I didn't want it to feel burdensome. I also don't like to feel deprived. I get to be kind of cranky when I do. So, that's where I started, but it was pretty easy to go longer fasts because what happens is you, you start to regulate your blood sugar. Intermittent fasting really helps you with that. And please understand when I'm talking about blood sugar, I'm not talking about diabetes. I'm talking about the blood sugar ups and downs that we all have because we eat. So, um, and it turns out that those fluctuations in blood sugar make uh, make for a cascade that can be inflammatory, it can be fat promoting um, or, or gaining weight promoting, and it certainly affects our brain function. So um, so anyways, I, uh, I, I found that um, quickly I was able to move into a longer fast. Now, some restrict carbs or increase their fats in that window, like do a keto diet. So basically the keto diet is attempting to uh, create what intermittent fasting does for you, which is to become metabolically flexible. So let me break that down for you. Evolutionarily, we roamed the savanna and we had food when we found it. But sometimes we would go days without food. 
So our bodies had to adapt to that, and we essentially have a secondary fuel system uh, in times where we were not actually putting food in our mouths. So what that secondary fuel system is, is your stored fat cells. You know, right? We just gave our fat cells a job. Do you love that or what? Like, it's not a failure of you. It's not a lack of willpower. It's not because you eat too much. It's because your body is prepared for fasting. Do you love that? Oh, my God, I love that. Anyways, anything you can do to repurpose that, I, I, I'm loving. So um, when you've got stored fat cells, we have mechanisms on board that can release those fat cells for fuel. And when they are released for fuel, they become ketones. And ketones are an alternate fuel source for the brain, right? So, um, oh, there's a lot of things to unpack there, but let's make sure I've got this right. So, in the absence of food, your body triggers the release of storage of fat for fuel. It's not only trimming the waistline, but gives your brain an abundant supply of ketones for fuel. So that metabolic flexibility is really important. I mean, we live in a world where food is essentially on every corner, whether it's a grocery store or a restaurant. We can have it 24 hours a day. And we've lost touch with the, th the fact that that may not be in our best interests. In fact, the research shows being a little bit hungry is a healthy form of physiological stress, something called hormesis, where our bodies use um, this alternate fuel source. And it turns out there's health benefits to this alternate fuel source. This is a thing. You don't have to buy a thing. You just have to change the way you eat your food a little bit. Something really important is something called the clean fast. So when I tell people about intermittent fasting in my office, what I often hear is, oh, I don't really eat breakfast anyways. I hear that a lot. Yeah, that's fine. But when you are in your fasting window, meaning you're not consuming food, are you consuming anything fruit flavored, uh, coffee with sugar or cream in it, tea with sugar or cream in it? Um, juice, any of those things will break your fast. So you literally can only consume water and not, you can consume sparkling water, but not the fruit kind, not the fruit flavored kind, even the zero calorie kind. It's not the calories you're concerned with. It's anything that the brain perceives as sweet will release insulin. And insulin is the fat storage hormone. The minute insulin's released, you are no longer fasting. So those of you that are saying, oh, I already do this. I don't eat breakfast. No, 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 no. There are some rules here. So you've got to have a clean fast. So it means in your fasting window, you can consume black coffee, black tea, water, mineral water, club soda, sparkling or seltzer water without flavoring. No gum, no mints, no herbal tea, uh, food, Flavored water, candy, fat, supplements, because they release insulin, okay? So if you're doing this properly, you're staying away from all of those things. Um, because the point is you have to have a certain amount of time for the switch to the metabolic flexibility to happen. One of the other things that happens there that, for me, this was the biggest factor for me, is something called autophagy. Now, it's spelled 
autophagy, A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. And lots of people mispronunciate this word, so you may not have actually heard this. You may have heard about this, but uh, just I'm spelling it out because people have often heard of it but don't know um, uh, it's the same thing. So basically, it's a cellular protein cleanup mechanism, and it's especially effective in the brain. Part of what causes dementia and Alzheimer's and much earlier brain fog is that there's a bunch of cellular debris, cellular trash in the brain that that cannot be cleaned up unless autophagy is turned on. You need fasting for autophagy. So this is, I think, probably for me the most compelling reason to keep intermittent fasting as a way of life. Uh, I do have family history that's significant for neurodegenerative diseases, and um, I know I can feel my own mental sharpness can sometimes lag with perimenopause. So um, I can tell you that cleared up real fast as soon as I started fasting. So um, if that's you, this is something you can do to take control uh, right now. So um, pick your eating window according to your lifestyle and inclinations, all right? Most people can go easily without breakfast, and they're just just fine. I know my husband is like this way. I think the number is close to 70% of people who fast do it with a later eating window. So let's say your window is open from two in the afternoon till eight o'clock at night. So that'd be a six hour eating window, which means the rest of the day you are in a clean fast, only consuming water, black coffee, or black tea. So, um, you can modify this. Like, uh, for me, I'm an early I'm an early eater. I get up around five. I like cream and sugar in my coffee. That's just the way I like it. So I tried not doing that and it just wasn't all that great. So I eat until about two o'clock in the afternoon and then I'm done. Um, now, if I want to have a later meal with my husband, we try to uh, bring it up to make it a blue plate special at about five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but then we get to eat together and then I'll just close my window then and, and open it a little later the next morning. So it's really adaptable. And the idea is not to deny yourself your favorite foods, but to delay them. And that's a bit of um, a mind trick because, you know, when you're, when you've done dieting, um, it, it can just feel like you're being deprived and you can get quite miserable. My God, there's enough to be miserable enough right now not just perimenopause but the state of the world so you know don't not eat your favorite foods just eat them in a particular amount of time and um, I haven't changed the way I'm eating uh, in my window um, I'm still gluten-free I will stay that way uh, because I have the celiac genes um, but um, you know, you can if you want. Some certainly do eat a keto diet in that time. Uh, if you're going for the fat burn um, that fast, that will do it. Um, or some restrict calories. I don't recommend that unless you're working with a practitioner, okay? So here's something to remember. When you're in your first sort of fasting period, you can start to get hungry. We have, we have been taught that hunger is a scary thing. Now listen, I am just as uh, uh, as guilty of this because for years I've told women they need to eat smaller, more frequent meals to keep blood sugar regulated. But it turns out when you biohack this system for that metabolic flexibility, you get the benefits of regulated blood sugar. And here's the thing about that. When your blood sugar is, is, is even, Stephen, or really doesn't have peaks and valleys, 
you are in control of what goes in your mouth. You don't have these crazy sugar cravings for chips or ice cream in the middle of the afternoon or late at night, if that's your thing. Um, you know, everybody's got a different pattern here, but it's, it's amazing how fast that happens. Days, days. So, um, and, and I think there's really much to be made about reducing the inflammation uh, with intermittent fasting because that is the cause of essentially all chronic diseases. And um, if I can find my bit of paper that has a quote from some of the research, I did quite a bit of reading through the research. If you're a super science nerd, there's lots of research on intermittent fasting. Um, in intermittent fasting, it's typically called uh, time-restricted feeding, just FYI, if you're going to look it up. So here's the quote, robust feeding fasting cycle, even without altering nutrition quality or quantity, can prevent or reverse chronic disease. OMG. Prevent or reverse chronic disease. That's 90% of us will have some sort of stress-related chronic disease. And a lot of that is neurodegenerative diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's, which I don't know about you, but that scares the hell out of me. So I'll do whatever I can to help modify that risk. There is a podcast coming on uh, prevention of Alzheimer's that I'll get to just reading through some new information on that now. Um, but anyways, okay, so I'm going to give you sort of a laundry list of the benefits of intermittent fasting and break them down a little bit. If I haven't convinced you otherwise, you should really be looking at this. I think we all should. It's naturally on board. It's always been there, um, as far as we know anyways, and we just sort of haven't used it. So I love that. I, I just think that's awesome. Okay, so intermittent fasting decreases inflammation increases weight loss and here's the cool part when you're fasting it favors visceral fat or belly fat three to one what does that mean you're losing three fat cells from the belly compared to one fat cell from somewhere else you know because we always talk as women we lose our boobs or our ass first right when you're dieting you're like okay this is a bummer <laughs> well, i'm saying intermittent fasting targets that that fat around the middle how glorious, right? Um, it signals autophagy. Again, that's the cellular protein cleanup. Think decreased Alzheimer's, decreased dementia risk, and clearer thinking. Intermittent fasting turns on anti-aging mechanisms. Yes, lengthens the telomeres. We live longer. We live healthier. Turns out hunger also turns on anti-aging genes and mechanisms. What? Seriously? Hunger. Now, that doesn't mean... You don't need to fully embrace that little nugget and give yourself an eating disorder in the process. I'm just saying having a little bit of hunger every day gives you um, a superpower, really, when it comes to aging. Love that. Okay, fasting increases human growth hormone. Get, what does that mean? Well, it means that you lose fat and you gain muscle without doing the work to gain muscle. It's called body recomposition. You can Google this stuff. Intermittent fasting, body recomp, it's crazy. People will not necessarily see changes on the scale, but they can see massive changes in their body and how their clothes fit because of this. So it decreases a high sensitivity C-reactive protein or HSCRP, which is a predictor of heart disease. Our metabolic rate increases, our GI tract rests and resets. This can be really good, especially if you have GI issues. 
is to give your gut a chance to rest. It really reboots the system. And a number of my patients have talked about, you know, chronic constipation, diarrhea, IBS, etc., has gone away since they've been doing intermittent fasting. I know, right? It sounds like a panacea, but I don't know. It might be the closest thing I've seen. So um, intermittent fasting also calms the autonomic nervous system, which means you have a decreased stress uh, stress response, and it also can help with post-concussion syndrome and headaches in particular. So um, intermittent fasting gives us the opportunity to manage and cause regression of chronic disease, risk factors like diabetes, chronic vascular or cardiovascular disease, hypertension, depression, metabolic syndrome, hormone imbalance, and chronic inflammation. By resolving the chronic health conditions, guys, you're essentially, um, (laughs) you're biohacking the system. These are all stress-related things, and who doesn't have them now? So something else that can happen with intermittent fasting is you have better cortisol patterns, which means you sleep better. We have increased BDNF. If you've listened to my brain podcast episodes, you know I talk about BDNF a lot. Stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And what it does is it increases it increases the neuronal networks, better connections in the brain, which means you think better, uh, which is extraordinary. So neurogenesis and neuroregenerative, that's what BDNF is and does. And what's cool is that there's some neat research that shows when we have a higher level of brain-derived neurotrophic factor from fasting, or there's a number of other, of other mechanisms that can help with that particular function or uh, neurotransmitter, we have better stroke outcomes, meaning if we have a stroke, we're less likely to have uh, long-term symptoms or damage, and the infarct itself is more likely to be smaller. Fascinating, right? So um, uh, intermittent fasting cleans up the mitochondria or the cell batteries and something called mitophagy, and there's no research yet on why it is that I've seen, if somebody's got it, please share it, that explains why we can have an increased libido and better vaginal secretions um, and more calm and um, um, less flow, less inflammatory uh, symptoms in our menstrual bleeds. But I think probably releasing the fat cells releases the hormone storage because our fat cells act as hormone storage. So when we have excess hormones, that's what happens to it, which can increase the libido and secretions. But I also think normal blood sugar levels give us more resources for sex. And, you know, when we feel better about our bodies and ourselves, we feel sexier. So I think there's a number of of you know, factors in that for sure. Anyways, this is a monster of an episode. I hope there's been lots of helpful information here for you. Um, I want to encourage you to, I'm actually going to give you two resources. Um, There is another podcast called Delay, Don't Deny, Intermittent Fasting Stories by Jin Stevens. Jin, like like gin and tonic, G-I-N. And great information there. She has a couple of books that are excellent. And also, if you want to go um, more into the science, Dr. Jason Fung out of the University of Toronto 
has um, a book called The Obesity Code. He's got another one called The Diabetes Code, where he talks at length about intermittent fasting. And uh, all, just excellent, excellent resources. So, as always, you can find me on the Facebook page at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast on Facebook. I do lots of live videos there where I answer questions or give you nuggets of um of uh, information i'm i'm also uh started the um the tribe community for the podcast listeners you can find out more about that on my website drlovely.com and until next time stay safe stay well (laughs) stay sane (laughs) take care sisters The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.